It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. You're listening to NHL Entry Draft Coverage on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Our draft coverage continues with a very special segment. My good friend, Pat Funk, one of the best scouts in the National Hockey League over the last 32 years, part of the Sharks organization since day one, uh, joins us today. Funker, it's great to talk to you as always. Uh, Coming up to the National Hockey League draft has just got to bring a, a sense of excitement, anticipation, and a whole bunch of other emotions to somebody in your profession, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it's kind of the end of the of the year, you know, for all the hard work we've done and got everything together. And this is just kind of the the ending right now to the end of the season. So it's great season and just can't wait for for Wednesday and Thursday. Well, at the NHL draft, lots of crazy things happen. And we just happen to be in Nashville, Tennessee. And I go back to the last time that we were in Nashville for a National Hockey League draft. And it just so happens it was one of the greatest draft years in the history of the NHL. The Sharks had a couple of picks in the first round. As it turned out, they ended up drafting Milan Michalik sixth overall, Steve Bernier 16th after a big trade or two, and ended up taking a a young guy uh, that was going to go to the University of Wisconsin named Joe Pavelski, 205th overall in that draft. Uh, when you look at this year's draft, do you anticipate every year that it could be as great a year as that one was? Yeah. And, you know, especially this year, we've got, you know, the fourth overall pick. So we know we're going to get a real good player at the, you know, on the top four. So we're really excited. And we also have another pick in the first round. So, I mean, you know, it's just like the last time that we had, you know, two, so you never know. Sometimes you go in with none and you end up with two or three, or, you know, you could go in with two and end up with three. It just all depends with all the different trades and stuff that could happen. One of the great uh, privileges that, that, that we have uh, as broadcasters is we get to talk to all of the scouts when you guys are traveling all across North America on the road and sometimes even in Europe, if you want to tune in. Uh, tell us a little bit about the life of a scout, uh, what it's all about, uh, how much traveling you do a year, where do you go and 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 how do you find the players you find? Well, it's uh, it's a lot of lot of time on the road. Um, when I first started, we we went everywhere. We went to Europe. You know, and we we each had like five um, NHL teams. And at that time was the IHL. And we each had like five IHL teams. And, you know, we went from the West Coast to the East Coast and all the way up into Canada and all across Canada. So it was a lot. Now we've kind of the last, oh, 10, 12 years kind of divided, divided it up. And so we just have areas and... Um, I am right now, I just, ha- I have uh, the colleges in the U.S. and uh, the USHL in Minnesota High School. But for a lot of years, I did the Western League, but I don't do that anymore. So we hired some more people. So it really but has changed. Gone, yeah, you're gone, you know, you're gone probably 
20 days out of the month, probably. That's a lot of time away. So that's a lot yeah. of time to listen to all of us. I'll tell you what, uh, you've been with this team since 1991-92, but uh, your path to the NHL uh, happened way, way before that. Uh, you were uh, a high school coach in St. Paul. You were a physical education teacher. Uh, you ended up, how did you end up getting into pro hockey? Um, well, what happened was is um, Chuck Grillo, who was with the Shark, and Herb Brooks bought a hockey camp in Minnesota. And I went to work with them in 80, 82. And then Chuck uh, Grillo, Herb, Herb Brooks was coaching in the Rangers, and Chuck got a job with the Rangers. Well, he was on the road so much, he called me, and he knew I, I went to hockey games all the time when I was coaching and stuff. And he asked me if I'd help him out, and that's how I got started. I still coached, but I would go to games on all my nights off and and I helped them. Well, then that ended up for a couple of years with the Rangers and then Chuck went to the North Stars and then I went to the North Stars with them. And from being from Minnesota, it worked out perfect where I could still coach and teach and then do part-time in the Minnesota area. And then when we went to San Jose, Chuck asked me to go full-time. So I ended up going full-time and that's how I got in. Well, and that very first national hockey league draft that the sharks ever had was in Buffalo at the old odd. And the sharks had the second pick, the 23rd pick and the 30th pick. And I know there was all kinds of intrigue as to who was going to get drafted second. We all knew that Eric Lindros was going to be selected by the Quebec Nordiques at that time where he ended up not playing. But uh, I know that there's a story and I like to tell it a certain way, but I thought I'd leave it to you about how you guys decided that you were going to pick Pat Falloon, because as I recall, you were looking at a forward and a defenseman with that pick. You could have gone between back and forth between them. You ended up with a defenseman a little bit later uh, with the 30th pick overall. But why don't you tell us exactly well, what about the intrigue and how you guys made that decision? Well, it was what, you know, we figured, you know, he Pat was a really exciting player and that Spokane team was really good. And so we just decided that we were going to go with the forward and, the, you know, that we were going to, you know, get a defenseman later on and then we ended up with his line mate also <laughs> in that draft and then Dodie Wood too so right Dodie Wood played in Seattle the line mate of yep, course was yep. Ray Whitney who had a 22 yep, yep. year career in the NHL I, I I just looked at it and wondered because uh, you have a team that's coming in and the expansion rules were nowhere near as good as they are now for new teams coming in for the types of players you were going to be able to select in the expansion draft. And so you guys were building for the future. Was there a lot of thought to the fact that uh, both Falloon and Whitney were playing with Spokane that maybe you had some chemistry there that you could build at the NHL level? Right. And then, you know, we picked up, you know, some players from Minnesota to with the, the split where we came out. So we figured we had some defensemen that could play there too. And so it was just that the forwards and we figured we could get them both. And the way it worked out, it worked out perfect. They both were pretty good players. Boy, they sure were. And of course, the guy you picked uh, 30th overall was Sandus Ozelinch, who had a first-team NHL all-star career. How often do you guys look back on drafts like that and say, what were we thinking? Or we knew all about this kid, but we had reasons for doing what we did. Well, what we 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 kind of have done with the sharks is we've always gone back and looked at the previous 
like four or five years. And that's how you learn too. You know, why did we do this? You know, should we have done it different? Should we look at different things? So it's kind of, you always use it as a learning tool because you, you can learn from, you know, either, you know, we should have done this or, you know, that was the right move or, you know, how could we have done better? And it's, it's, it's a really good way to, to help help yourself grow. How has the drafting process changed in your mind for the type of player that you're looking for and for the type of players that you see at the age of 16, 17, 18? Um, well, it, it really hasn't changed. The game has changed, but I still think you're looking for people with good hockey sense and skating is important. But um, I myself, you know, like, well, in that draft, the 2003, we picked Favelski. And, you know, it was like one of those things that every time you look back, well, you said his skating wasn't this and that, but you always look back and everywhere you're supposed to be on the rink, he was there. I mean, his IQ was just off the charts and it's, you know, so that you, you look at those type of things and then you do the background checks to make sure that he's a good person. And so there's a lot of that. And now you have video, like you, you can get a video on every game you know, of a player. So, and we've been using video for a long time with San Jose. So, but before we used to go across the country testing kids too. And now they just have the combine and, you know, you don't, you don't do the testing in off the ice like we used to, but that's all at the combine now. Well, that sort of evens the playing field a little bit and puts it all in one place where you can get all the information that you need, I suppose. So tell us a little bit more just about the process of finding Joe Pavelski, because again, 205th overall, he's playing in Waterloo in the U.S. Hockey League, and you may have seen him before that in high school in Wisconsin near where he grew up. But uh, just give us an idea of when you first saw him, how old he was, and when you thought that he was something special. Well, I saw him in his draft year and when he was 17, 18, and um, he wasn't on anybody's radar and anything. Every, In fact, I'm the only one that saw him live with the Sharks, and it was every time I went back, and I had a good relationship with P.K. O'Hanley, who was the coach there, and I'd go in and talk to P.K. about him all the time. And I just kept saying, geez, he's second in the league in scoring. You know, yeah, his skating isn't pretty, pretty, but I think he knew where the puck was going before the defenseman was going to pass the puck. And his leadership and just everything, every box checked, you know, and, you know, the skating. But, you know, he also back then... When I was talking to PK, he watched, he had PK tape all of his shifts, break down all of the shifts, and he watched every shift in every game that he played that year. And he continued to do that all the way through college um, and then all in the pros too. And I still think he probably does it today, but he would watch every one of his shifts and you know learn from that and he just was a student of the game and he's he's a great golfer so his hand-eye coordination what is is something else i never forget the one playoff game when we were it might have been pittsburgh or whatever and i was standing up on top with a couple of the tv people and 
Burns was shooting slap shots from the point, and I think he tipped 48 out of 50, and they weren't just shooting the puck. They were shots, and he got his stick on 48 of them. Well, that's the vision that he had, of course, and that's also a testimony to his hard work in working with Brent Burns each and every day, and that's a, a big part of it. You know, the first time I saw Joe Pavelski was a preseason game that the Sharks played in Fresno, of all places, mm -hmm. and I remember looking at this kid and saying, I don't have any doubt that this guy is going to play in the National Hockey League. I had no question in my mind. And when he got reassigned to the AHL, you knew it was only a matter of time before he was going to get there. But through all this process of getting to know his coach, PKO Hanley, you talked about uh, understanding that he was going to go to the University of Wisconsin, which is another box to check because yeah. those guys, you respect their views as to whether or not they see something. And then the, the personal relationship you develop with his family. How does that translate to, you know, for a scout to, to feel like almost like a parent? when a player like that gets to the NHL and does so well? Well, that was, I, in fact, we had our meetings in San Jose um, in January or February, and it happened to be we we're staying at the same hotel that Dallas was, and Dallas was coming in to play. And I got to talk to Joe, and Joe was telling me, he said the best thing he ever did is we drafted him that, that summer, and he went back to waterloo for another year and he said it was the best thing that he ever did because when he went to wisconsin the year after he was ready to not just be on the team but have a impact on the team and be in a top line role on a power play and it happened to be my son was at wisconsin at the time so got to play he played with joe and so we got, I got to know well, his whole family really well and everything from going down to watch my son play. And in fact, Mike Eves, his coach, was at a game that I was at, and he was asking me about one of the players on the team. And I said to Mike, I said, well, Mike, if I were you, I'd be watching this, this Pavelski kid. Well, after the second period, he said, I'm going down and we're going to offer him a scholarship. So, I mean, Joe was that just kind of person. And I mean, he is probably even a nicer person than he is a player, which is kind of hard, it's hard to say, but he is just a, a quality, quality human being. One of the best that's ever worn a Sharks uniform in that department, no doubt about that. That particular draft, we keep going back and forth with all these players. It was really an incredible year. And sometimes things happen on the draft floor that maybe surprised the scouts a little bit. Could that have been one of those years when the team traded up and took Steve Bernier? There were a couple of other great hockey players along with Steve that were on the table at that time. Uh, how exciting was, was that moment when that trade got made and you moved to 16 and then selected that player? It's exciting. And, but we kind of knew you're going to get a good player. Like, you know, like, when we picked Mahalik, the first player, I mean, the person behind him was Ryan Suter. And when we picked Steve Bernier, Parisi was right behind him. So we knew we were going to get one of the two people. So, I mean, that's what's kind of nice. You kind of put people in spots and you, you kind of, where do you think you're going to go? Where do you have to get to in order to get that person? And if you really want them, you have to move up. So, or, you know, sometimes you move down, you, you, you know, that a guy could fall and 
if you have three or four people there that you're really comfortable with, you could move back to that spot. So it's it's kind of a, you know, where, you know, it's all planned ahead of time. And that's what we're doing right now on our meetings, you know. You know, who are the kids that are going to be with our first pick? Who are the kids in our second pick? Is there, is he going to be there, the person we want? Are we going to have to move up or could you move back? So those are all the different things that are going through in the meetings right now. What about some of the other things that happened? For instance, uh, the Sharks, I don't know if it was subterfuge or not back in 1998, but San Jose had the second pick overall in that draft, ended up trading down to the third pick with Nashville, and they ended up getting a second round pick as part of that deal to move down. The Predators took David Legwand and the Sharks took defenseman Brad Stewart, one of the great Shark defensemen of all time. But that second round pick that the team picked up turned into Jonathan Chichu, a Rocket Richard Trophy winner. Um, there had to be a, a lot of intrigue and interest on that, and maybe even trying to make Nashville think that you guys were going to take Legwand. Well, and see, that was the thing. We kind of figured they were going to take Legwand. So that's why we kind of moved back. And then we know, you know, we knew if we could get a, a second round pick or something, and we'd be getting a good player there. So those are things, you know, you kind of look at all the mock drafts that are out there. And so, you, you know, they're not always right, but if you, you know, use those as an extra tool too, that could kind of help you as far as to see where people are thinking people are going to go. You're listening to NHL Entry Draft Coverage on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We're talking to Pat Funk, one of the great scouts in the National Hockey League. He's been with the Sharks since the very first season of 1991-92. And Funker, as I look over the history of, of Sharks drafts, it hasn't been often that San Jose has had the fourth pick overall. In fact, it's the highest pick since the Brad Stewart draft, if I'm memory is correct. But the year before Brad Stewart, you had the second overall pick. And you took a young guy named Patrick Marlowe, who ended up playing for this team for 20 years. You took Scott Hannon, 23rd overall, also in the first round. And he had a very long career, mostly with the Sharks. Tell us about that particular season, how everybody knew that Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe were in the top two. But uh, how you guys found Patrick and how many times you saw him and what you saw in him. Well, Patrick, Patrick was the youngest kid in the draft. I mean, when I can remember when he came to training camp, he wasn't even 18 yet. So, I mean, and Patrick was just a big, thick kid that had unbelievable speed and hockey sets. And, you know, Pat, he just showed Patrick, even towards the end of his career, was still one of the top fastest kids in the NHL. And now our, our, players coming in are going to have the be fortunate to have him around as one of the stat development people there in San Jose. So I'm so excited that Patrick's going to join our group. He's going to do a fantastic job in that area. You know, it's funny. You look at that draft, Scott Hannon, great career. I remember loving him the very first uh, uh, training camp day that I saw him on the ice and he turned into a great player. And the last pick you guys had that year was Mark Smith, who had a, a nice career in the NHL, mostly with the Sharks. When you see a guy like Pavelski uh, going where he went or like where Mark Smith went at 219th overall, or like Evgeny Nabokov went, uh, how excited do you guys get as scouts to know that those guys hit? That 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 that's what's that makes it kind of fun because like I saw Mark a lot 
when he was playing in the Western League. And it was one of those things. He was so competitive. You know, he might not have been the biggest guy, but his heart was so huge. I mean, he he played way, way, way above his size and he could really skate. And he was one of those guys that we thought could play in any role on your team. He could play with good people and he could play in your third, fourth line. He could kill penalties. He could do everything. And I mean, and it worked out too, because he he was a, a real good shark. Was he ever? And he's a great partner on the radio broadcast every once in a while when he jumps on with us. And now he's in the coaching. It, does it surprise you, by the way, that so many guys that you've drafted and scouted and worked with have gotten into the coaching part of the game? No, and that's and that's what's kind of nice to see with the junior sharks and stuff that all the kids that are coming out of San Jose and it's a product of a lot of the people coming back, you know, like Scott came back and, and McLaren's there and you know, um, Rafji was there. All those guys had come back. Brownie was there. I mean, all those guys come back. And it, it and Owen was there. And Patty Marlowe is, you know, still there. I mean, it's so nice for those kids. And they all, you know, are have, have kids now that are into hockey. And it just makes for a great community. What's your biggest disappointment over the course of all the years you've had of either a miss, a mistake, a player that you, you you thought you knew about and and didn't understand. Have you had very many of those? Oh yeah, yeah. There's always you know guys that you know. Oh yeah, you, you overlooked this, or you know you you, you thought he was going to do this, or you know uh, you projected because what you're doing is you're projecting what these kids are going to be three, four years from now. So, you know, it's, it's not like the NFL where these kids have been through three years of college. I mean, these kids are, you know, just graduating from high school that you're drafting and you're projecting, you know, what their body is going to be like in three years or whatever. So the biggest disappointment is we've never won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm with you on that. What was it like for you, by the way, just to, to have the team go to the final and be two wins away from actually capturing the Cup? Oh, it was, it was so exciting. I mean, you know, and, you know, we, we had a lot of, um, we were talking about that the other day, a lot of times when we really thought we were gonna, we had key injuries, like the one year we lost Vlasic and another year we lost, we lost Gerdo. I mean, um, so it's just, it's, it's just one of those things that you, you gotta be lucky. You have to have a little luck and you gotta stay healthy, you know, and, you know, but, you know, we have had great years and we're going to get back there. We're going to, we're going to get back. I don't think there's any doubt of that in anybody's mind. And, you know, of course, 20 years of outstanding excellence on the ice. Only thing missing was the Stanley Cup, but the Sharks were one of the best teams in the NHL over that two decade period. And now you're in the process, as you just alluded to, Pat, about building it back. Part of that is that unfortunately the last couple of drafts haven't produced enough just yet, maybe from 2018 on that does happen through the course of time, especially when you have lower picks, but uh, uh, what, tell us about the process that you guys are going through, because since Mike Greer has become general manager, the staff has changed around. Maybe the, the format has changed in terms of the way you work. Tell us about that. Um, well, it, it was nice knowing Mike, it was the first time, in all my years with the Sharks, that we really hired somebody from with, from outside of the organization, 
because when, you know, we first started was Jack Ferraro and Chuck and them, and then, you know, it was Dean Lombardi and then it was Doug Wilson. So it always was somebody from within. So Mike came in, but at least we knew Mike from when Mike played in San Jose and the work ethic he had as a player. And it's just carried over. I mean, he, he is unbelievable to work for. He's been fantastic uh, to work for. And the staff that he's put together, you know, we were kind of understaffed for years and now we've kind of got a, a bigger staff and um, it's, it's worked out great. You know, sometimes change is good. Well, there's no doubt that Mike Greer has the intelligence and the drive to be really successful in this job. I understand you can t confirm this for us, uh, Pat, is that he's a very collaborative guy, that he's very interested in hearing everybody's opinions. Oh, it is. And, and the, th the nice thing is, is he gives you a job to do and he lets you do the job. And he'll tell you if you're not doing the job, but he gives you a free reign. And um, and he he's probably one of the hardest working guys on the staff. He's the first one in the office and the last one to leave. And I mean, and that just carries over. And every time he talks to you, he's, is there anything I can do for you? Is everything, you know, go on right or whatever? So, I mean, he wants your opinion and he respects your opinion. And um, I, I think he's going to do an excellent job. What's the hardest thing about being a hockey player today? Um, well, I don't think it's the hard thing, but like now when you look back to where the kids were before, I mean, almost all these kids have trainers. Um, all these kids, you know, have, they're working out year round. And even the guys in the NHL, I mean, the, the, those guys are working out probably harder than the young kids, I mean, to stay in the league. So it's a 12-month it's a process now where people used to use training camp to get in shape. Now they come in unbelievable shape to training camp. So I think that, that way with the training and the eating habits and everything, you know, with, with, you know has really improved and helped the game. Well, of course, the investment that the teams are putting into that also is gigantic. You see larger staffs in terms of development. Todd Marchant leading things up uh, with the Sharks organization. Tommy Wingles, Lucas Spiza, Mike Ricci. They're all working with these guys. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Brian Marchment, whom we lost not that long ago, uh, right in this atmosphere of the NHL draft. And I know that uh, you must be thinking of him each and every year that you step up to the table from now on. Well, it's, it's, it, I, there isn't really a week that goes by that I'm not thinking of much. I mean, we had an unbelievable relationship being him a player in San Jose and then coming back to work with us. And he's really, truly missed, really, truly missed. Cause I mean, he not only was a scout, but he also worked in the development with our defensemen and everything. So um yeah he's he is definitely truly missed and one of the one of the nicest guys in the hockey world i think there isn't a guy in hockey that does not did not like brad march art march but off the ice on the ice it was different <laughs> off the ice, I said he was he they all like mush well, we will remember him certainly at this time of the year, and uh, we certainly appreciate the work that you and the rest of the staff do to make sure that the San Jose Sharks are going to have a future that is very, very positive and bright. And we know that, that that's the, the case here. 
Uh, final thought uh, just on, on where the Sharks are going and how you feel about it. I feel good. I think that the staff that we have now is really on the same page. We're all working for the same thing. And I, I just, I see, I see a bright future for San Jose in the years to come. We do too, Pat. And it's because of the work like people like you do. And uh, thanks so much for joining us for this little visit. We appreciate it. No, thank you, Dan. And congratulations again. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks for being with us today. You've been listening to Sharks Hockey Digest. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.